everyone. Uh, welcome back to Capes and Japes, uh, the podcast that is the best at syncing audio objectively forever. Um, <laughs> I am Olivia. And I'm Elion, and welcome to Fantastic Four Month. It's, hey! It's the fourth month yeah. of- it's the fourth month of the year, yes. and it's it's Fantastic Four month. Yeah, we um, I think we we have like one more week in April, so we're starting. This is our second episode of April, but the rest of April. But look, is Fantastic look, Four month. There's yes. five Tuesdays in April. <laughs> yes, there's only we're there's only so much we can do with the the limitations of you know linear time um um it is fantastic four month i do have to say every time i say the words um fantastic four i don't know if uh anybody else watches uh dan olson of uh folding ideas on youtube um but he (laughs) consistently refers to the miles teller fantastic four movie as fant four stick because of how it's stylized, like, in the title as, like, the the A is a four. And now every time I go to talk about it, that's all I can think is just fan-four-stick. That's fair. Yeah. Um, we are, we are talking about the Fantastic Four in the Fantastic Fourth Month of the Year. And we are starting off, uh, Fantastic Four Month by talking about the leader of the Fantastic Four, uh, Reed Richards, the appropriately named Mr. Fantastic. Or appropriately named for the team he's on, at least. We can, <laughs> we can get into whether it's appropriate for him as a person. It's not, it is, it is appropriate for the leader of the Fantastic Four. It does not have anything to do with his superpowers. Or necessarily his personality. No, uh, possibly, possibly not that either. Um. Hey, Olivia. Yes? Is, is this episode just gonna be us dunking on Reed Richards? I, I don't want it to be (laughs) only dunking on Reed Richards. Okay. Um, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try and contain myself. I just, I just wanted to know what kind of tone we were going for, how much I should be dunking on Reed Richards. I don't, I don't, I don't think it, it's gonna be dunk-free. Okay. Um, I think there are some things that is definitely, uh, very fair to dunk on Reed Richards for. Um, but, um, before we talk about Reed, since we're, uh, starting out Fantastic Four Month, um, a little bit of backstory on the Fantastic Four as a whole, um, because they are very, very, very important, uh, in Marvel history, um, which I think comes as a surprise to a lot of people, um, if you're, like, not, you know, super familiar with it. It was definitely, it was a surprise to me when I first learned that, um, but the Fantastic Four, um, were, like the the first characters co-created by uh Stanley and Jack Kirby um who would go on to co-create almost every like well-known Marvel character like throughout the 60s um and this was uh it was the foundation of like their partnership um, of a lot of the sort of, like, Marvel ethos when it comes to characters. Um, the story goes that it's, like, uh, the early 60s, uh, and over at DC, um, I don't think, it's not called DC yet, um, but over at Proto-DC, um, the Justice League is doing really well. Um, and the owner of Marvel goes to Stan Lee, who's the current comics editor, um, and is like, okay, uh, so this team, this superhero team is selling a ton of comic books. So, uh, I want you to come up with a, a team, a team book, a superhero team. 
Um, and Stan Lee has been at this point kind of uh struggling in comics for a little bit. He's uh become sort of disillusioned with it. Um, historically, as you know, this is possibly apocryphal to make it sound like more dramatic, but he was like on the verge of like giving up on comics and going to go, you know, write novels. Um, and you know, he gets this assignment and he's like, okay, the thing is, uh, according to him, the thing is, if I'm going to make superheroes, I want them to be, uh, you know, characters that have flaws and make mistakes and, you know, they have, like, complicated interpersonal relationships, uh, and messy lives, uh, and all of these things. I don't want them to just be, you know, like, infallible demigods. Um, and there's also, as there is with a lot of, uh, of early comic book characters, like, universally, but especially, um, with, uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, um, mostly because they, uh, dissolved this partnership pretty acrimoniously, um, there's a lot of uncertainty as to, you know, who, uh, who came up with you know, most of the idea, who's, like, really responsible for, like, the creative inception of the Fantastic Four, um, and partly because, you know, a lot of this happens because early on nobody really realized, uh, the staying power that some of these characters would have, and so nobody bothered to write down, you know, we were all in a room, and Stan said this, this, and this thing, and then Kirby said this, this, and this thing, and then, you know, uh, Kirby wrote down these, like, concepts, you know, nope, like, nobody was really keeping track of that, and then by the time, you know, people started caring about it, nobody really remembered, because it was always just a bunch of guys in the room talking about stuff, um, and sometimes people have reason to, you know, make it sound like they did more than they did, so, who knows, the point is, through some combination of Stanley and Jack Kirby working together, they create uh, the Fantastic Four. And this sets the precedent for uh, their writing process. Um, it sets the precedent for, like, what Marvel's kind of trademark is going to be going forward. Um, it sets the tone for a lot of comics, it ends up introducing, like, there are so many characters who become, like, huge parts of Marvel can't, like, uh, the Kree-Skrull War is introduced as part of the Fantastic Four, uh, Galactus, we talked about, is initially a Fantastic Four villain, uh, Namor is initially a Fantastic Four antagonist, um, I like how you said antagonist and not villain. Well, <laughs> he's complicated. No, I know. But it's just like, you've got this concept, this villain, this antagonist. <laughs> this guy. He's he's not the big bad, but boy howdy is he a lot to deal with. <laughs> yeah, he's just... He's He's just a challenge. Also, I want to say, I, um, I clicked on the page for Namor just now on Wikipedia while I was looking at this list of people. Um, I just, like, idly clicked on the page for Namor, and I scrolled down to abilities, and it lists his abilities, and then two very funny things on here. Mild invulnerability, and then, this is one ability, flight via tiny wings on his ankles. He does. He has tiny wings on his ankles and he flies. And sometimes he flies at, sometimes on comic book covers, he flies at such an angle where it doesn't look like he's wearing pants. And you're like, yeah. surely, surely you thought this through. But no. Nobody did. Um, so a lot, the Fantastic Four is, uh, like crucial to a lot of stuff, which I think is, uh, is 
a little, like, kind of funny now with the state of, like, you know, Marvel and what's popular at Marvel. Um, because I think, does Fox own Fantastic Four? Do they get the Fantastic Four back now? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. Hey, um, Google, it, who owns Fantastic yeah. Four? It is, like, the one property that has, like, really, really failed to transition to, like, a major movie franchise. Um, Disney has it. All right, Disney's got it back, so we'll we'll maybe we'll get the Fantastic Four back in their in their rightful place. Disney um, owns way too many things now. Yeah, no, that's I mean it's a problem for sure. Um, but uh, it's wild to me because you know, like even the idea of like oh, you know, superhero characters who are flawed and maybe don't really fit in, I feel like is always. Like, the thing that the X-Men have the most claim to, even. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting that this is, like, Marvel's, like, big flagship thing. Um, and obviously they're still around and, you know, still doing things in comics. But, like, looking at the current state of, like, Marvel in the broader pop cultural consciousness, like, you would not uh, be able to tell that. Um, but, so that's, 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 that's where the Fantastic Four are coming from. Uh, Reed Richards is, uh, he's, oh boy, he's a guy. Um, he is the leader of this team. Um, so Reed Richards, uh, is born in Central City, California, um, because Marvel likes to put all their superheroes in real city New York, but then also sometimes come up with fake cities too. So from early childhood, um, Reed is a genius. Um, he's, you know, has really, really interested in, uh, physics and technology, um, he builds machines. Um, he's taking college level courses when he's like middle school age. Uh, he gets a ton of degrees. Um, he has like two PhDs by the time he's like 22. Um, just like super smart. Um, while he's earning, um, one of these, uh, many, 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 many many degrees, um, he, uh, meets Ben Grimm at Empire State University, uh, they become very good friends, um, famously, uh, Reed makes a comment about how he, you know, he wants to build, like, a ship that can travel through hyperspace, um, and Ben's like, oh, yeah, sure, and when you do, I'll pilot it, um, and then, you know, he does, because Reed does, he builds it, and then he does, and then the Fantastic Four happens. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> Spoilers for the Fantastic Four backstory, I guess. Yeah. Um, he also, uh, he also meets, uh, Victor Von Doom in college, which is so, I uh, like, I know it's his name, it's so funny to me that you would meet a guy whose name is Victor Von Doom, and be like, this seems like a man I can trust. I mean, sometimes you just gotta, like, not judge people by their names. Sometimes you do, but also sometimes you live in a comic book universe, and you gotta, like, take a real long, hard look at these things and be like, hmm, you know, this seems like kind of some bad foreshadowing, maybe. Um, yeah. But, uh, so... Victor Von Doom is also a super genius. Uh, he sees Reed as a rival. Um, Reed is fine with him. <laughs> like, Reed does not have the same antagonism towards him, uh, initially. Um, and then, uh, you know, Doom gets, like, extremely obsessed about trying to prove that he's, you know, smarter than Reed and, uh, 
does a bunch of uh, reckless chemistry experiments and ends up exploding his face. Uh, and then he gets so mad that Reed Richards ruins his life that he becomes a supervillain. Um, <laughs> you know, I always forget that Doctor Doom, like, actually has a backstory. <laughs> his backstory is, he just hates Reed Richards so much. I mean, that's a given, but also, I just forget. That it's like, yeah. yes, he had an accident, and now he's evil. And it's like, are you sure that he hasn't just been, like, evil this, like, this whole time? <laughs> he didn't just, time. he wasn't just born fully, as a fully-fledged villain. That's how it feels. Like, it feels like he just, like, was born in Latveria with that goofy-looking mask, and everyone was like, well, it's time for him to do some villainy. Well, he's got a mask. He's got a cape. His name is Victor Von Doom. That boy's a villain. I love Doom so much. Congratulations, Mrs. Von Doom. It's a villain. (laughs) Oh my god, that's... That's... Listen, that's what I wish I had been assigned at birth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so he, um... He also, uh... He meets uh, Sue Storm also while he's, you know, uh, studying. Um, There's a note here uh, that (laughs) this just sucks. Um, It's so initially in like the early issues, um, Reed says that uh, he and Sue grew up together. Um, and, uh, later on, they change it, um, so that he meets Sue when he's, like, 20 and she's 13, and then they, like... That's not great. No, it's not great. And then they meet each other again later on, um, and then the change in age was an editorial decision made in 2013 as... Redeveloping a romantic interest in a girl he first met when she was 13 years old was deemed inappropriate. Yeah! Oh. Yeah! Boy. That would be inappropriate! It took you till 2013 to figure that out, huh? Boy! Oh. Boy, howdy. Um, he also initially, um, he was a, uh, he was a World War II veteran. And, uh, his initial plan was, uh, to fly, uh, build a rocket to fly to the moon, um, because this was, like, 1961, um, and as time went on, obviously, they changed that, um, because comic characters don't age, but time still progresses, so... They needed to have it be something that sounded impressive after we had already been to the moon. Yeah. Um, but so, um, so with, uh, with his many PhDs, um, some government funding, um, some personal money, uh, he begins work on this, uh, this space flight project. Um, and Sue helps him out. Um, her brother Johnny isn't helping that much, but he's there. <laughs> um, you I know, mean, uh, sometimes that's just how it be. Sometimes it do be like that. Um, ben Grimm does, in fact, become uh, a pilot and an astronaut. Um, and he's like, I guess I will fly your spaceship. Oh, fun. Um, and they end up. Uh, As this is going on, uh, they end up getting their funding cut, like, as they're just, like, almost done with this, uh, this, this rocket ship. Um, and then Reed's like, well, we just need to test it ourselves. And everyone says, Reed, are you sure? And Reed says, yes, I think it'll be fine. And they're like, well... We're going into space, 
Um, and there's, uh, quote unquote cosmic radiation is the explanation, um, for all of the, all of the Fantastic Four stuff. Um, which was definitely not a concept that either Lee or Kirby really, like, knew anything scientific about. Um, but it was like, well, a lot of weird stuff happens in space. Yeah, I mean, it science. Radiation will give you cancer. Comics. Radiation will give you powers. <laughs> to be fair, I guess they're both based on a uh, concept of mutation. So, like, not too yeah. far off. No, it's true. Um, and they're like, isn't there, like, a lot of dangerous stuff up in space? And Reed's like, no, it's cool. The ship's, like, uh shielded we'll be fine we'll be fine we're just gonna we're gonna test this rocket we're gonna prove that this ship works uh we're gonna keep our funding i'll keep doing science let's go um and then obviously he is wrong um because they get up in space uh and the cosmic radiation uh irradiates uh the ship um, they end up, like, making an emergency crash landing back on Earth, uh, and then they realize that the weird space rays have given them superpowers. Um, and Reed's superpower is that, uh, he can stretch his body to just abnormal distances. He can you know, I mean, people, you, people, I presume, know how Mr. Fantastic works, but he can well, stretch out his limbs, he can, you know, like, contort himself into the, different shapes. The specifics yes. are a little bit hazy. I Yeah, no, I, it's I, true. I, I remember a little bit back, I think it was Drew Davenport of Mabim Bam lore fame, <laughs> yes. tweeted a thing like, hey... Does Mr. Fantastic's teeth stretch? And so, like, I looked it up. There's nothing that says that if it does or doesn't, as far as I can tell. But, like, that's wild. Yeah, I mean... Because his head usually stays about the same. It usually does, but he can... He can change it. And his bones have to be stretching in order for him to be doing this. So I would assume he can stretch his teeth, but I hate that. Yeah. Um, it's awful is the thing. Um, it's, it's terrible. Um, traditionally he just, uh, I mean, he's mostly commonly, you know, like, uh, move, like, you know, shifting his body to, uh, move out of the way of things or like, you know, he, like, squishes himself down really, really thin so he can, like, squeeze through a crack in a door. Or he, uh, turns his body into, like, an inflatable raft. Um, and then sometimes people get more extreme with it and they're like, oh, he can shapeshift to look like a completely different person. Um, or he can turn himself into a mailbox. <laughs> like, well... well- I don't expect it to be too difficult to look like a mailbox that looks kind of like Reed Richards. <laughs> a mailbox-shaped Reed Richards. Um, but, uh, he, he's, Reed is a, um, a very interesting case, um, in that there, uh, he's not the only superhero like this, um, but his, Actual superpowers are, like, extremely secondary to his role, both, like, on the team and in the Marvel Universe. Because the primary thing that he's known for, um, is being maybe, maybe the smartest living person, uh, in the Marvel Universe. There's a Um, lot of very smart people, though. There's a lot of very, very, very smart people, and obviously, uh, intelligence is difficult to, like, like, actually quantify, like, for sure a hundred percent. 
Um, but, like, mm, like, 90% of the time when someone in the Marvel Universe has a problem, um, that they need, like, a very, very smart person to help them solve, um, and the problem is, especially if it's related to, like, physics or space travel or time travel or, uh, machines or, uh, math or, you know, weird or theoretical- Or alien symbiote from your skin yeah that's 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 a that's that's an important issue that one comes up a lot um reed is the person they go to um and it's like it's very it's especially funny to me because it's like his superpower is like one not it's not unuseful it's mostly utilitarian um but Two is, like, completely, like, not at all even related to how, you know, smart he is. Because um, with the other three, it's, like, obviously, like, Ben being a big rock monster is, like, central to Ben's, like, whole character from that point on. And, like, Johnny lights on fire because he's, you know, kind of, uh temperamental, like, hothead, um, and Sue having sort of defensive powers, like, puts her in the position of being this kind of voice of reason and protector. Um, like, Reed stretching has nothing to do with anything else about Reed. Um, and the other thing is that, like, obviously people have made jokes about it before, but everyone else gets a name that's related to their powers and what they do, and Reed just calls himself Mr. Fantastic. Because Mr. Elastic was already taken. <laughs> or, no, that's Elastic Man. He could have been Mr. Elastic, but it seems a little bit derivative. He, he could have been. I think, I think he was, because... He, he was, was probably big. before Elastic Man, but... Yeah, he, well, because Plastic Man was at D.C., and that's what they base the power set on. But I think he was the first stretchy guy at Marvel. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Elongated man is yes. DC. Uh, um, how many fucking stretchy dudes are there? There's too many stretchy dudes. Um, there's plastic man. There's elongated man. There's Mr. Fantastic. People he... also ask, is elongated man plastic man? <laughs> Um, he could have chosen any number of stretchy related names. Um, but he did go with Mr. Fantastic. Um, and there's like he he gives an in-canon explanation for this at some point that like uh oh, uh he wanted to like he wanted to make their names like, you know, super over the top and sensational, uh, so that people would, you know, recognize them as, like, superheroes, um, it's like, you could've, you could've chosen, you, you definitely could've found a stretch-related name, Reed. Reed. Um, especially because it's, like, it's not even, like, like, he's the leader of the team, but it's not, like, he's not, like, the Professor X of the Fantastic Four. Like, it's almost, it's consistently the same four people. Like, he's not going out and picking new Fantastic Fours, and he's, like, the center of it. Like, Reed! <laughs> um, but that's, um, that's how they end up as the Fantastic Four. Um, and they, obviously, they all fight crime together. Um, they get involved with uh, as mentioned, a lot of, uh, space stuff. Um, it introduces the Kree and the Skrulls and Galactus. Um, a lot of which I think is because, um, I think, I think both Lee and Kirby, but, like, especially Kirby, like, very into space stuff and, like, weird cosmic stuff. Um, 
and, uh, you know, he continues to have this, uh, intense nemesis relationship with Dr. Doom, who just hates him so much. Um, but, like, again, the thing he is primarily known for as, you know, the Marvel Universe expands and as they gain more of a reputation is, uh, his problem-solving ability and his intelligence. Um, he does, uh, marry Sue, I think, pretty early on, um, in the, uh, in the original Fantastic Four comics, um, and they have two children, uh, Franklin and Valeria, um, Franklin is, uh, the more well-known of the two, um, because he's, he's also introduced, like, he's introduced in the late 60s, um, and Valeria is later on. I don't have a year. Hold on. Yeah, Valeria is not till, like, the 90s. Um, but Franklin Richards, as if, like, there wasn't enough going on with the Fantastic Four, um, Franklin Richards, is a, uh, a mutant, um, whose abilities manifest, uh, in his early childhood, which doesn't usually happen for mutants. Um, and also, he is maybe the most powerful mutant in the world. Good. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, cool thing that you want to have, like, a very young child be. Um, so that's, um... That's a, that's a thing to deal with. And it is, like, the ongoing, um, struggle with Reed is, uh, like, his, his defining character flaw is he has a lot of trouble, uh, balancing his, you know, personal relationships, like his wife and his child, um, with what he sees as his you know, larger responsibility to, uh, solve problems and fix things and, you know, use his intellect for the greater good, um, which, you know, is some writers take to more extremes than others, uh, because sometimes it's just like, oh, Reed's just, you know, he's, he's trying to be, you know, a, a good, a good dad and a good husband, but he gets distracted, or he, you know, doesn't quite understand what's, like, important, and then, uh, sometimes he's just straight up abusive, um, which is not great, and it's always a little bit hard for me to get over, um, yeah, yeah, it's not good, it's not good to see. There's also, um, I think pretty recently, um, there was uh, he, it, it came up, like, characters had mentioned before, like, oh, like, maybe Reed's, like, on the spectrum, um, and then I think maybe, like, five to ten years ago, there was an issue where he was, like, oh, yeah, I, I self-diagnosed myself with autism, um, which is, like, I mean, on the one hand, representation, but on the other hand, it, it, <sighs> I don't, I don't, like, I don't love the idea of somebody's, like, neglect of their family being justified by, like, saying, oh, they're, like, neurodivergent. They were neurodivergent this whole time, so it's cool. Um, I don't know. (sighs) Yeah. And I would also It's like, oh, hey, yeah, he's kind of a shitty person, but, uh... Maybe that's because of autism? And it's like, Maybe. no. No, that's not, that's not, that's not what that do. I mean, like, it's like, yeah, listen, Reed can be autistic and have special interest in, uh, you know, physics and time travel and all these things. Uh, it, being a, being bad at, at, like, being a husband and a father is not part of that. That's just something that he's got to work on for himself. Um, but, yeah. But, so, he has all that. He's also part of this, um, 
this group called the Illuminati, um, which is a group of superheroes that call themselves the Illuminati. Um, I think, I think, I think this was a creation of, uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Um, it's funny, it's, it's very, it's weird to me because it seems like the Illuminati, like, the actual, like, conspiracy theory Illuminati would probably exist in the Marvel Universe, given everything else that exists in the Marvel Universe. So it seems like you would want to choose a different name for your, like, underground superhero group to avoid confusion. Um, but, uh, Reed is part of this, uh, shady group of superheroes, um, who I think are all men, which seems like, it just, it, I I don't know if they actually are or if it just feels like they should be. Oh, no, I'm looking at this picture. They're all men. Um, <laughs> I think I think the initial lineup is all dudes and then maybe there's some, some women added later. But uh, it's a bunch of freaking uh, shady dudes who think they know better than everyone else who are like, oh, we have to, like, you know, secretly get together and, like, plan what we're going to do. Uh, you know, about all these problems in secret. Um, and there's a group that's responsible for, um, if you, uh, saw Thor Ragnarok, hopefully you did, um, part of that was based on a storyline called Planet Hulk, um, in which, like, the Hulk, you know, went, like, something happened, like, a bomb went off and the Hulk ended up destroying, like, a whole bunch of buildings, um, and the Illuminati were like, the Hulk is too dangerous to keep on Earth. We are deciding that executively. We are going to trick the Hulk into getting on a spaceship, and we're going to launch the Hulk into space. He's just, there he goes. <laughs> there he goes. We've solved the problem, everybody. The Hulk, our friend, the Hulk is in space. <laughs> and then, obviously, the Hulk, he crash lands on a planet, and he has to be in a bunch of gladiator fights, and then he comes back to Earth, and he's very mad. <laughs> Because they shot him into space. He has a right to be mad. Yeah! I would be mad, too! Yeah, and then he, uh, you know, tries to get, uh, Reed and Tony to fight to the death. Um, which is sort of just funny. Like, you know? That's pretty fair. You know what? You sent me to this planet where there were, like, gladiatorial rings? Now you do it. You do it. You see how it feels. Um... He also, uh, he also is very, um, very strongly in favor of the Registration Act in, uh, in Civil War. Um, probably of course he is, because he doesn't have a secret identity. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't have a secret identity. Um, he's, like, much more, um... He's pretty clinical about it. Um, like, Tony's a lot more kind of, you know, oh, I, you know, I made a bunch of mistakes when I was starting out as a superhero, and maybe if I had, you know, some sort of regulations in place, I wouldn't have made so many mistakes. Um, and Reed's just like, no, I think objectively this is just the best way to prevent, uh, major disasters. Um, uh, Sue... And I think the rest of the Fantastic Four do not agree with him. Um, so that's uh, tricky to navigate <laughs> for a while. Um, and he also, uh, he freaking, uh, he has to fight, like, uh, Norman Osborn during uh, Dark Reign. Norman Osborn is like, Oh, Reed Richards, like, the only man smarter than me. Which is how a lot of these things go, is, like, again, like, supervillains who don't, like, have zero interest in, like, Oh, Reed Richards, the man who can stretch his arms out, like, super far. But they're, you know, Reed Richards, the only man who can foil my plans because of his giant brain. But also, he's going to be really rude to me about it. (laughs) <laughs> um but um that that's his that's his 
his primary place in the Marvel verse is as the one, the the leader and kind of the center of the Fantastic Four, um, despite his very challenging personality, um, and uh frequent uh failings as, you know, a friend and a, a family member. Like, not for lack of trying. Like, I want, like, Reed does, like, genuinely, uh, in almost all versions, except for, like, very, very, uh, unfortunate ones. Like, he does, like, very much, like, care about his family and his friends. He's just pretty bad at, like, getting, like, out of his own head for, like, two seconds to be like, hmm, maybe I should think about how my decisions will affect the people I care about. Um. No. No, just keep no. doing what you're doing, Reed, and everybody will be like, ugh. Yep. No, that's, that's, that's usually, that is usually how it goes. Um, unfortunately. He's, <laughs> he'll figure it out one of these days. Um, and, uh, as a, uh, a super genius who can also stretch very far um i do like also something that's i don't know i like that the fantastic four is just like like the most like an actual family unit like out of all the teams in the marvel universe because like obviously the avengers have like a lot of cycling members um the uh the X-Men have a bazillion members and, like, 15, like, offshoot teams. Um, the Fantastic Four is like, well, we put four in the name, so we do all have to stay here. Um, except for, like, a couple fun adventures, like when, uh, Reed and Sue temporarily retired and went to join the Avengers. And so, uh, they got Aurora and T'Challa to replace them on the Fantastic Four. Nice. Nice. Love them. Um, so that's Reed. That wasn't too much dunking, I don't think. No, but there, there is one thing I want to say about Reed. Please do say, say your piece. There's a pretty prominent alternate universe version of him that turns evil and comes into the main Marvel continuity. Yeah. As... The Maker, and yeah. it's a bad look. The whole thing is such a bad look. Dude has no fashion sense. <laughs> In no universe does Reed Richards have fashion sense. Like, you're a villain. You could do something cool. Nope. Yeah. He also uh is probably an ancestor of Kang the Conqueror in some way. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's just sort of, that's just sort of a thing that they're like, ah, probably. Um, did you have, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Or any comics you wanted to talk about? No. I got so many good comics at WonderCon and I haven't read any of them. (laughs) Soon. Someday. Someday. Yeah, don't say soon. Because who knows? One of these days. Yes. I'll... I'll read some goddamned comics. <laughs> I believe in you. Um, I had a couple things I wanted to talk about. Um, one is uh, War of the Realms uh, has officially started, um, which is Marvel's uh, current big crossover event. Uh, as the name implies, it is a, you know, kind of a, an Asgard mythology-based uh, thing. Uh, I don't know, I'm probably not going to keep up with most of it, but uh, a few very important things. One is, as I'm sure everyone listening to this knows, uh... This is the event that the, uh, McElroys are writing a story for. Um, the first issue of that comes out this coming Wednesday. Um, there were some preview pages online. Uh, it does look delightful. Um, the, uh, 
the other thing um is as part of this uh i'm trying to okay um one of these one of the comics is part of war of the realms um new agents of atlas i'm not sure what the release date is but it will be introducing uh marvel's first uh filipina superhero oh yeah yeah wave right yeah her name is wave um she was uh created by uh greg pack and lanel francis Yu. um i she has a very cool uh look a water theme i don't we don't really know anything else about her um but i am very excited um and what else uh there was also um eve uh eve ewing who's currently writing uh ironheart um this week wrote a marvel team up featuring uh spider-man and ms marvel um it is super cute it is so cute. It's uh Peter Spider-Man and not Miles Spider-Man um cuz Kamala and Miles like team up all the time. Um it is uh super duper extremely cute. Um and one other thing I wanted to mention cuz this was this was announced a uh, a few weeks ago but we never talked about it on the podcast. Which is wild, um, but a, uh, trans and deaf, a uh, like, model, actor, activist, uh, Chella Man was cast to play Jericho in season two of Titans. Um, which, which is, is just, like, fucking fantastic. Which is so great! Um, and I'm, like, super extremely stoked for it. Um, and there's, like, a part, like, I think, th- I think this is honestly a win-win situation, because uh, there's a part of me that's, like, like, I definitely think we should get more, like, trans actors to, like, play the same parts that, like, cis actors are cast for, but also a part of me is, like, oh my god, does this mean Joey is canon trans? <laughs> I do really want trans Joey. But also, if he's not, it'll still be good, because it is a great, like, you know... Like, yes, definitely cast trans actors to play cis parts. I mean, cast trans actors to play trans parts, for sure. But also... Cast trans action- actors, period. Cast, tra- cast trans C- actors, cast period. Cast them in They everything. need jobs. Um, but I... Oh my god, I'm so freaking excited to see my boy, Joey. Um, oh, so that's gonna be so good. That, um, that is... God, it's gonna be so good. Um, oh, also, one other thing that I, like, just found out about is, um, Tony winner, uh, James Monroe Eigelhart, um, is going to be writing a, uh, a Spider-Man issue? Oh. Um, coming up soon? Um, in Marvel Comics Presents, um, so I think it's, it's, like, like, kind of, uh, writing a Spider-Man story as part of, uh, an anthology. Um, but, like, cool! Yeah! Why not? That is... Oh, shoot! I think that's out, actually! Oh! I'm a fool! I thought it was coming out this month, but I think it came out end of March. So I need to find that. I did not know anything... I just heard about that this week, and I was, like... Very stoked about it. So I will check that out. And then next week I can tell you uh, what I thought of it. Okay. Sorry about this very very, uh, disjointed (laughs) what's up in comics. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of stuff. And I just remembered while you were talking. um, Yes. I haven't seen Shazam yet, but Gail Simone says it's good and I trust her. I, yes, that's another thing. I did see Shazam. Uh, this past weekend, and I loved it a lot. Um, it is not a perfect film, um, but it is so, 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 like, 
far and away, like, so much more what I want to see out of my superhero movies than Batman versus Superman was. Yeah. Um, just, like, it is an extreme delight. Um, even if, like, even if you're not, like, wild about it, it is, like, very difficult to actively dislike it. Because it's just, like, it's so earnest and, like, so very, like, heartfelt in its message. Um, and also, um, the one, like, the poster that I see all the time that's just, like, uh, it's, like, Zachary Levi, like, casually, like, leaning against a wall and, like, blowing bubblegum and, like, texting. Um, it's a, it's a great poster. Yeah, that's, that's the big one that they had at WonderCon that was the whole building. (laughs) Big Shazam! And it's like, oh, there he is! He's here. He's ready. Um, uh, as this comes out, I'm probably gonna watch it later this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. Um, so, yes! If you, uh... Saw Shazam, you want to share your takes on it, if you want to talk about anything else that's any of the many other things that are going on in the comics, um, you can, uh, find us all over the internet. I've got Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. You can find all those at Capes and Japes. Uh, you can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um... We have a Discord server you can join, hang out, chat with us, share pictures of your pets, other people's pets, whatever. Um, we have a Patreon if you want to uh, support us there. If you're listening to this, I know we are behind on movie night. Um, I am going to figure that out. Um, but it does mean that if you want to join the Patreon now at uh, one of those levels, you can get two movie nights this month. So a hefty promise. I know. Um, but yes, there's that. Um, you can support us by leaving a rating and a review on your podcast listening platform. Uh, you can tell a friend and uh, you can just keep hanging out with us because we love we love to, to hear you um, hear from you. And hopefully you like to hear us. Uh Otherwise, I because don't know this why is a podcast. This is a podcast, and that's kind of your primary activity when you listen to it. Um, I need to go eat dinner. Okay. Um, thank <laughs> you, as always, for joining us here on Capes and Jape. I have been Olivia. And I have been Elion. And, as always, kiss me sexy Batman. Kiss me sexy Batman. <laughs> <laughs>